0: your radio, radio show! I'm your radio, radio
3: show! Welcome to the Niler9 Podcast. It is episode 109 of the Niler9 Podcast and it is myself, Niler9 and Andrea Cleary talking new music every week. Andrea, how are you? I'm I'm very good now. I'm You're very calm.
1: I'm experiencing a lot of inner peace right now.
3: Uh, we're on we're on Zoom as is the custom these days and uh, Andrea is practically uh, so zen she she looks <laughs> distracted I would say.
1: No, I'm not distracted. I'm ve- I'm I'm focusing. So, I've taken up a new craft. I say a new craft, I don't have any crafts. I've taken up a craft and I've began knitting. And I'm knitting a scarf, which Nile can see now. It's not quite a scarf yet. It's more just a red rectangle. But it's bringing me a lot of uh, mindful focus on the tasks that I'm doing. So listening to the album that we're going to review later, Future Islands, um, I just sat and knitted and listened to it. And it stopped me, you know, picking up my phone and fiddling about with my laptop and doing stuff like that. Knitting. Oh my God, it's fab! A new, you're a new woman. You're a new so woman. I will be knitting throughout this podcast, and I think that you per- will perhaps notice a newfound sense of uh, clarity and zen oh. from my corner. Anyway, maybe not right. though. No pressure. No, I look forward to that. <laughs> I look
3: forward to that. um Alexa, play uh, "She's Crafty" by the Beastie Boys. Oh, um please do. <laughs> And <laughs> yeah. you're in a Zen Zen kind yeah, of Yeah, and
1: you're you're in good form today.
3: I am. You're in if we're gonna talk reasons to be cheerful, I have the ultimate reason to be cheerful today. The big one. Uh, got a negative back on a COVID test. What? Excellent. So very happy with myself today. Fully was dreading getting a result. I'm um, happy for you too. Close contact. So do not have COVID. And like you said, this is, what's the best thing you could actually hope for right like now? Like
1: there's no better news it's, than I don't have COVID-19. No, like,
3: I don't have COVID-19. Yeah. Thanks. Because it must
1: have been a stressful, albeit like short, but stressful period of time when you thought you might have it. So
3: yes, yeah. it was very yeah. stressful. <laughs> oh, I, I actually, play, my Alexa in the room played She's Crafty by the Beastie Boys.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Alexa. That's what happened. That did work. I that worked. You have an Alexa. Alexa, what's the crack?
3: She's feeling absolutely fabulous.
1: She understands what's the crack. I don't like it. I can't believe you have an Alexa. (laughs) Uh,
3: Yeah, I use it to play audiobooks, um, mostly. That's the only thing I use it for. Can she hear me when
1: I'm talking, or am I just in your earphones?
3: No, you can't can't be heard. Only by these ears here and everyone out there. Good.
1: And the people who listen to this podcast. If everyone
3: shouts loud enough who's listening to this, you might...
1: I might hear them. Yeah, no, I don't like Alexa. I don't like her at all.
3: Oh, listen, I get it. I get it. I get it. I bought it a few years ago um, and I don't buy Amazon products now, but um, I still use it. So there you go. I mean, the whole idea was to reduce. And, you know, you're in a very zen mood. We're talking about, you know, things you can do to make yourself feel good. And, um, you know, not using your phone too often is another one. And. When I bought the Alexa, the main reason was to not use my phone as a um, as a sleep alarm or anything like that or to have it beside my bed. That's all gone out the window this Mm -hmm. year. But there was a good period of time where I was not um, using uh, my phone before bed. See, my um, my phone is practically
1: unusable at the moment. It's it's quite old. Um, It was given to me by my housemate when I lost my old Just work Just put phone. it in the bin. Just put But it that's in the thing. Bin. It's like, I don't have any apps on it. I have an alarm clock. I have one of those ones that um do the natural light in the morning. So I'm like, and oh, my, yeah. my boyfriend keeps saying to me, would you like a new phone for Christmas as your Christmas present? And I'm like, no, no, no. I really like not having... If anything, this is too high tech for me at the moment. I am completely regressing during this lockdown. I want, I want to become fun, fully analog at some
3: stage in the future. I hate my phone. I think there's quite a lot of people who are like I that, think actually. So, you yeah, know? yeah. And
1: I've, you know, my, using my, my record player more. My has a
3: very old iPhone, mm. and he's very happy with. it.
1: I like it as long as I can get emails and text and WhatsApp on it. I'm kind of happy. Everything else, I'm, I'm not really that bothered mind. with anymore. No. The camera. I kind Well, I have a sometimes. camera. I'll just take yeah, photos with I that. Mean, that's true. Like, yeah. Anyway, we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about music.
3: <laughs> are we? Yes, oh, yes. we music. are. Um, yeah. So uh, this episode, we're going to be talking to uh, Loa and Bantam, the collaborative artists who have done lots of stuff together. Um, they're going to be checking in with us in a little bit and talking about their new track, NGLA, along with a lot of the other things they've been doing. We might even talk a bit about, I don't know, the budget, you know, how it affects music and artists and all that kind of stuff, how they're doing in lockdown and and, uh, with restrictions, COVID restrictions, how creativity is affected, all that kind of stuff, because we haven't really... We've talked a lot to backstage people really this year about um, how things are um, in terms of music and, uh, and you know, what needs to be done. As I was saying on Twitter yesterday, like I'm just so sick of writing about funds and grants mm. and like governmental um, like PDFs and, and uh, links and like, you know, statements that I'm just like, oh, it'd be really nice to just talk about music again. Yeah. Um, so we will be checking in with Lauren Bantam in a while about that. Um, And we'll be reviewing Future Island's sixth album, As Long As You Are, the brand new album that came out last week from the Baltimore Now Foursome um, synth pop Mm. band. So we'll be talking about that as well. Before any of that, though,
1: have you heard um, about the Lenny Abrahamson and Bono film that isn't happening, but was. I saw one tweet about Lenny
3: Lenny Abrahamson and Bono. Today, and I was like, what's that about? So
1: basically, um, it. the Sundayworld.com, um just wrote an article about how Normal People's Lenny Abrahamson planning to turn Bono's childhood into a Hollywood blockbuster. The Oscar nominated director has the Irish TV industry speaking in corners over his plans to create a unique film broken up into three parts, which he hopes will have global appeal. Film in- filmed in Ireland, the project will focus on the early life of Bono, opting to focus on his childhood growing up in Dublin and the early relationships he formed with ba- bandmates Larry, Adam and Edge. Um, a well-placed, yeah, just Edge, a well-placed industry insider told sundayworld.com that while the project is in its infancy, there is already, quote, major international interest in the project. So Lenny Abrahamson has since tweeted a link to this article uh, with tweet not sure where this came from but it's the first i heard of it i've never even considered doing anything remotely like this not a thing as the young people say and um it's just been very funny (laughs) i don't know who this well do you know any this well-placed industry insider i'm very interested to to learn who that is
3: no but i can i can i can ask around do ask around yeah
1: i'm very interested in how this because it's not just you know like, oh, has been linked on a project. It's like, it's a three-part yeah. project. It will focus on his childhood. It was like, there's quite a few details. Maybe they just got the
3: name wrong. Maybe they just got the director wrong completely. Oh. Maybe it's somebody else. Do you think so?
1: No, because they led with the, like, normal people thing. So, I don't know. Maybe Sally Rooney's writing a book about Bono. Maybe that's that's where they got it from. <laughs> a three-part a trilogy
3: about Bono. <laughs> I would read I would, I,
1: I'd read anything would Sally you, Rooney writes so yeah I'd probably read it to be honest
3: <laughs> as long as it features Orange Man this time oh that whole thing was rewrite. Cas- rewrite his history
1: yeah who was it that said that about Bono
3: Bon Jovi Bon
1: Jovi yeah Yeah. So, what
3: did he say? I didn't have Orange Men beating me up when I was growing up in Dublin. Really, you know. I mean, (laughs) easily uh, done. Bless
1: him. Like it's it's so well meaning. But
3: God, that's like me doing a caricature of Tony Soprano and saying, "Oh, you must know, you must know these guys. You know, like people like that. Yeah. You know, it's like he got he got his geography wrong.
1: I I grew up near the area where Bono grew up, and there weren't many Orange Men um, running around Finglas East. Let me tell you. Maybe so, in the summer there was with their tops maybe, off, but yeah. uh,
3: maybe more rest. And
1: Bono is, of course, before my time because I'm young.
3: So that's it. Yeah, you're you're you've taken up knitting. We're in the we're in the knitting phase of, of, of uh, lockdown. Of, uh, lockdown. <laughs> um, I, I feel I'm like there the...
1: should be some kind of corner on this podcast where it's like, what nonsense is Andrea up to this week? <laughs> Because <laughs> I, I seem to come at this. What did you bake anything? Different fad every You're week. No, uh, I haven't baked anything in a while. I made a crumble a couple of weeks ago, but no, I'm falling out of the baking thing. Um, but I aim to bake a pie soon. So, Very more good. more on that as we get it. I just got into
3: plants. Yeah, I've gone into potted plants. That's what I've got That's into. That's fair. That's fair. You know, all about controlling your environment because it's about the only thing you can control. Yeah. Uh, in 2020, because everything else is uh, a shit show. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah. with
1: that in mind, I think uh, our so- our our choice songs this week are particularly good, actually. So, yes. Do you want to? Which one do you want to start with? Let's start with Sharon Von Etten, um, "Let Go," and I'll tell you all about it.
3: Andrea Sharon Vaness has a new song out. Tell me more about right? it. Right, I I
1: like this for a few reasons. First of all, I think it's my favorite song that she's put out in a while, actually, and that's saying a lot. Um, it's extremely um just atmospheric and very very pretty. And it when you listen to the full song, it really builds up on that that gorgeous kind of ascending melody that you that you heard there in the um kind of alternating between the guitar and the piano it's so so beautiful but the other reason why i love this song is because it was written um for a new documentary that's coming out called feels good man which is a documentary about the internet meme pepe the frog um Ah. that is coming out this friday and basically how pepe the frog uh which is something i'm I'm really really interested in is the kind of the co-option of memes and how they're used as um dog whistles by the alt-right on the internet that's like i'm just really fascinated by that whole thing so basically pepe the frog started out as this very very innocent internet comic um and then fortan got a hold of it and um it has gone through a few different kind of journeys and is now kind of well it is now very much a similar like it is used a lot by um the alt-right and it's uh it's it's really sad that it's happened so basically this documentary um follows the guy who created Pepe the Frog who is just from from what I can gather from the from the trailer is just this really nice guy who is an artist and likes to make comics and he just wants he I think basically wants to reclaim Pepe for goodness and for light (laughs) which is very sweet uh so Sharon Bonneton said about this um she said after watching the documentary I just followed the feeling of coming to terms with something and tried to evoke peace through my melody and words the song and films producer uh Giorgio Angelini was a great collaborator and communicator and I was given a lot of freedom that says a lot about the film and the people who made it um, and I just think, you know, it's such strange bedfellows, a a a, a documentary, um, which is done really well at Sundance, I think, um, about Pepe the Frog and the alt-ride and a Sharon Von Etten song written for that purpose. And that the Sharon Von Etten song sounds like this. It's just mm. it's, it's very, very strange, um, but really beautiful as well. I think I, I think there's a lot in in the song. There's a lot of kind of compassion for how he... he kind of created something and then lost it um and it's it's not it's not anything like what i would imagine a musician coming to this story producing from it um it's really beautiful i really really love this song
3: i actually didn't know this existed it was one of those um you know you miss these things yeah yeah when
1: did it come out um yesterday or the day before i think very Um, recently Yeah, yeah yeah
3: still you know i'm (laughs) when you're actively looking at music all day and you're looking at music sites and and you're like you still miss what i would
1: recommend doing the next time you're you're bringing dafo out if you have dafo at the moment if you're if you're in the park or something just pop it on while you're like outside rambling it's a very nice song to to walk around to Uh, very kind of introspective and
3: pretty Uh, Another reason to be cheerful this week that came out, uh, two songs from Julia Jackson this week, Mm. Um, uh, both as part of the Sub Pop Singles Club. And as you know, Julia is one of our faves. And uh, so it was great to have her back. This is a song called "Cry." Okay, that's Julia Jackson's song is called Cry and straight away there what I'm hearing is a uh, a fine example of some very specific but universal songwriting. Mm. <laughs> immediately gets you with that line, hiding my depression from my housemates. <laughs> I don't know
1: them well enough yet to cry in my kitchen. It's... Fantastic. I think Ju- Ju- Julia. So she's put out two songs: is this one, and then um, I think it's to to Perth before the border closes, which is al- also excellent. But I said I'd feature this one just because, I I think she's balanced humour really, really well in this. Like, I mean, obviously that that opening line is is fantastic and does really grab you. But you know, that the whole song is about kind of. I imagine you know be, being locked down with people and and not being able to connect with them because either they're new or maybe maybe they're in a couple and you're not which is my kind of situation and just kind of having this disconnect from the people that you're you're living with somewhat and um, she's got this great lines later Um, go use your head buy another loaf of bread when I walk back through the door I'll say you can never have too much bread Um, I'll make them food I'll make them laugh I'll say I'll clean up you should get an early night Um, and it's just it's just a very specific situation um that I don't know if I've heard in the song before and it's very specific it's very time. country isn't it, it is it's, yeah it's very
3: like the only thing is missing here is like you know, a little slide guitar or something or, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but but that kind of like they're really leaning into it like you know uh my partner has left me or i've left you yeah know, my dog has died or something yeah like that. it's a bit like that it's like you know holding to holding on to the sink and cry 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 i think she said it's, that it was
1: inspired by dolly parton's music which i can definitely hear um, and I think no better woman, no, no better woman at all. I've been listening to a lot of Dolly lately, actually. But um, I think as well in her vocals, she sounds at times a little bit like Mitski, which I don't mind at all. Um, but yeah, I think I think the song is fantastic. It's it's that kind of funny, like you know, the feeling if you're just in little and you're crying. <laughs> <laughs> don't know like you're just you're just in little and you start crying i know i maybe it wasn't a little i have cried in a supermarket before not for a while now but just sort of been or like crying
3: in a kfc yeah oh perhaps. well yeah
1: that 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 universal that's, that's feeling much
3: more visceral but
1: uh you know? yeah but funny you
3: should mention dolly parton it reminds me a little bit of that song that the bargain store you know yes yeah has? yeah yeah
1: yeah it is it is quite like that it, oh, it's brilliant i really love it and so she She doesn't have a music video, as far as I know, for this one, but she did self-direct a video for uh, To Perth Before the Border Closes. It's very, very good. Again, little sprinklings of humor throughout while also being quite melodramatic and um, just a lot of a lot of crying, a lot of loneliness while kind of being funny at the same time. Uh, Spiky, I would say it's good. Spiky. Mm. Yeah.
3: Lovely maudlin Kind of funny yes. song. Yeah. Um, gentle. I love it. It's very yeah. good. Okay, uh, we're going to bring it back home for the next two songs, for Songs of the Week. Uh, our first song is from Erica Cody, featuring Hair Squid. This is Calculated.
4: I'm tired of making everybody feel better. Sometimes I do the most, and sometimes I say whatever. Whatever. I never, never feel, better. feel better. Not helping myself, not feeling myself. Could punch me in the face, just so don't shoot me in my back Trespassing my feelings, what did you gain from that? Crossing my mind, I'm reading the signs of my feelings multiply And do the math because you calculated, calculated You got my mind, i frustrated Changing paces, losing patience And I can't explain it, I can't explain it Since shit got so calculated yeah, sometimes I say that I miss you But when I say I love you, you Say I'm gonna get you and Then you say you Can I commit to Never helping yourself
5: Not feeling yourself, no I could air your shit, write it out.
3: Okay, it has a new song from Erica Cody called Calculated featuring Her Squad, uh Lilo Blues, uh specifically. Um and Erica has been in the news um this year for mostly her, her um, uh, thoughts about uh, the Irish Black Lives Matter movement. Um but this is actually the first single she's released since then and um yeah, this is uh, just a lovely uh, lovely R&B uh, pop song, uh, I like the feature on it. Um, for me, Erica is the thing that uh, carries this song more than anything else. I think it's uh, her vocals is uh, what what steps up to the mark for me and I really enjoy it. And we're actually premiering the video tomorrow. That's, that's Thursday. Um, yeah, so you can watch that as well on the site, which is cool. It's a very good video. Yeah, I,
1: so, I really like this. I like that it kind of harkens back to a, a more old school I say old school now, I mean kind of like late nineties R and B sound. Yeah, I definitely it think a lot of it at the moment. this could be a cut off like a Destiny's Child album or something. Um and I think there's there's moments when her voice kind of sounds a little bit like Kelly Rowland and I'm like, ooh, mm. I re I really, really like that. Um I love this sound for her. I really hope she just like I really hope she's got like a big album coming because I'm so ready for Erica Cody to like just completely smash it, you know. And I think that this is great. Yeah,
3: very good. Yeah, and good to see her back um, making music yeah. again after, you know, not just known for her thoughts and opinions, which are also very valid. But, you know, um, she's known as an as a musician first. So great to see that yeah. and more coming, hopefully, this year. OK, our last song from Songs of the Week this week is um, I'll play it first and then we'll talk about it after. This is from a band called Sprints song is called Drones A song called Drones by a band called Sprints, who are from Dublin. They are a four-piece, and um there's no getting past the fact that this sounds like Girl Band, but I think it's interesting that you know, for all the talk of Girl Band being an inspiration on the likes of Fontaine's DC um and everyone else really, um, people often cite them, but actually, this is the closest I've heard. So far from an Irish artist, uh, Irish band, uh, four-piece. Carla Chubb, Colin Marie O'Reilly, Jack Callan and Sam McCann. Um, yeah, this is definitely um, girl band inspired. And actually, that seems fair because it was produced by Daniel Fox of Girl ah. Band. So it would make sense that it sounds a bit like girl band. So interesting thing to hear there. You know, you can definitely, if you will reimagine that song as girl band doing it you can hear a girl band song you know you can hear in the vocal delivery and all that kind of stuff you can hear that happening it is from a, an ep called manifesto out on uh, nice swan records the uk label um later this month i believe um and this just stood out to me last week you should watch the video it's a great video really really good one of the best uh, irish music videos i've seen in a while Um, just really clever uh really stylish and uh yeah, really cool. I I liked it a lot, and um, I think obviously you've got Daniel Fox from Girlband producing your song that sounds like Girlband. I think they're okay with it, so I presume. I, everyone I else imagine be there's as well.
1: some kind of a seal of approval thing going on there. Um, so this this was actually a late addition to the playlist. So hearing it there was my first time hearing it, and yeah, I'm ready for this. I'm I'm ready for more women in this genre because it has been a bit of a sausage fest so far um so yeah i really like the sound of this um her her vocals are great um it's like i think i don't want to do the thing where i'm on about fontaine's dc but i'm going to do it anyway um the thing that does kind of bother me about fontaine's dc and some bands that kind of come out of that um girl band tree of life (laughs) they're like stream 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 stream, um is that sometimes their vocals because they're quite um they're kind of talky and conversational they can sound a bit like flat and not very energetic um but she's got a great liveliness and buoyancy to her voice and it's still tonally quite interesting while also being that that sort of like in-genre talkative kind of thing which I really really like so that's great yeah
3: yeah I think it's uh, got loads of imagination got loads of verve got loads of poise yeah yeah, it doesn't really sound like a retread Um, I have to say this is my favourite song I've heard so far they had another song which I wasn't really mad on Um, I think it was uh, what's it called Uh, it's called The Cheek I believe I think The Cheek was the one wasn't mad on that one so much it went too far into the exuberance for me but I think this is much more a nice balance for, of restraint and uh, exuberance so um big fan of this one sweet okay um it is time um to talk to uh two people that we have talked about and sometimes with oh actually last this yesterday
1: last year we hosted our uh live show at the Cork Podcast Festival with um oh. with Rory Bantam so, yeah, 13th of October last year, because I remember it because it's the second spookiest date of the year. Ah.
3: So. <laughs> Very good. So, yeah, so we're going to be talking now to uh, Rory Bantam, the Cork producer, and his close collaborator, Loa. Um, both of them have, I'd say, how many songs have they done now together? Four million, or five, maybe? Million and a half. I think there's four or five. I think there's a yeah, uh, bigger people. project on the way. Um, So we will get the full, full story direct from both their mouths um, and uh, talk to them about how 2020 has been going. And first, here is a listen to a little bit of the song they released last week, which is NGLA.
5: Here's the go You remember where we met The colours in my head, The shape of my dress And here
3: guess, Sally, I know for a fact that you were not supposed to be even in Ireland in the first place. So maybe we'll start with that.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I've been renditioned, but to stay in the same place. Um, So I was intending to emigrate to the States in March. And actually, my flight was booked for the day of lockdown that it started, the 16th of March. Yeah. So I made a call like a few days before, maybe the Thursday. Uh, yeah, like, am I going to go to New York or not? And um, the couple I was going to live with in New York were like, "Yeah, you might not want to come. New York's pretty crazy right now, and uh, we're not feeling that well." <laughs> I was like, "You know, I think I'll stay home." Um, and so it sort of happened. You know, I guess I, I postponed my flight by by three weeks. <laughs> How naive I was. I think we all did something like that where you know
1: I I had a friend who was having a birthday party the day on the day after Paddy's day and she was like I'm just I'm just gonna book it again for next month instead and we were like oh it'll be fine by then yeah so it was pretty
2: weird I guess because I had like emotionally mentally and logistically checked out of Ireland and uh, I was going to set up in new york and i have a visa for a few years and then planning to go to la after that and just get um get set up in the system in the music industry there i was just going to work there ad infinitum and a a lot of things have been leading me to that point anyway but um i that didn't happen so and you know what like maybe it's not the worst time not to be in the states um because i would have been on the streets and you know it mightn't have been that safe, so I think my mum would have been a little concerned <laughs> for my welfare, yeah. so, um, you know, it's it's happened the way it's happened, and I'm actually glad to be here, because it's been really nice to get to Frontline, and, um, you know, be a part of what's happening in Ireland, which is super cool as well.
3: And Rory, you are working away in Cork at the moment, so um, how's it been for you, in terms of the last six months? Let's talk about music, and specifically, because obviously, you guys always had a, a close partnership, so There are some positives here. There are some positives in terms of you guys working together more. So
6: tell me a bit about how that
3: came back again together this year. Because it wasn't that long ago when you had songs out. Like last year, you had two songs out, right?
6: Yeah. Um, Well, well I guess like going back to the last six months, I remember taking three days off work to, first of all, to release Gully, that that single I released early in the year. And also to travel up to Dublin to play that gig with God Knows and Denise that you were putting on. yeah and um i never went back to my office Uh after that you know (laughs) or i released that single like the day the pandemic was confirmed um that gig was cancelled um i lost my job about six weeks later somehow got another one released another single um what else worked on two short films just kept kept going i guess you know it's been there's been highs and lows you know flatmates have moved out people moved in but um yeah we I've always just kept we've always just kept at the at, at the music you know um kept it up it's Can I remember being like really productive at the very start of this and then getting really tired in the middle of it and that, um and now recently I'm, you know the energy is coming back again just to to well I'm always making music but it's just come back a bit more lately you know so um yeah it's been uh been an intense year, but you know, um I'm healthy, everyone around me is so far. So mm.
2: Mm. well to, I guess to answer your question, your original question, i um, certainly like interestingly, Rory and I have been working on songs for probably two years. Um it's definitely a year before we released April Break. And um I guess because I was going to the states, things were gonna be all. We kind of work online anyway. We've always had like a pandemic um collaboration approach because <laughs> um, we live, have lived in different cities. So um, it, the fact that I was going to be gone wasn't going to make it any difference. It's just always a, a much slower process when things that are online because you can't just sit in the room and go through everything. So the, the process takes a while. Um, and then I guess with this year, we were like, "Here, well, we're still. I'm here. Let's just." like finish some of this stuff um so we, we have been and you know we have way more music that, that we've made together than what we've released or, or may ever release you know um it, it's just really fun to work together and it's just one of those things that always um for some reason very unexpected for both of us i think we just always come up with really good shit when <laughs> mm. <laughs> <laughs> we work together <laughs> if i may say so i want it i want it i like it i like it <laughs>
3: That's the way to do it. So so say like at in March or whatever, start of the year, you know, your plans weren't to really were there plans to do more, release more, but now you have a a more of a a mixtape coming, right?
2: Yeah, a mixtape. Um we we kind of have toyed with the idea on and off because you know Rory is like producer first and foremost. I'm a songwriter, and there is that dichotomy because I do a lot of collaborations and I'm starting to work on my first debut record finally because I never felt like I was ready to do that I didn't know what I wanted it to sound like so it seemed silly to, to make a record that I didn't believe and um, and I'm getting closer to that point now, but that has only come from the process of like working with so many people in in so many genres so that question was okay will we like release uh, an album together or um uh, or or nothing ever again like there's there really aren't any rules for us because we're both you know indie in that way um and but I think what has driven it is like oh we really want people to hear this you know like, I just want people to tap the crack and dance in their kitchen to this, even if it's just my mates. Um, even more so because, you know, they're just alone at home <laughs> right now and I want them to hear what we've made. So we kind of came to a compromise of like, let's ju- let's just make a little a little EP mixtape thing.
3: Um, when is that going to come out, guys?
2: Well, <laughs> um, before the end of the year. So I'm not going to give you a date, That's but exciting. before the end of
3: the year, yeah. No, I insisted on the date. I
2: insisted. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, you can't always get what you want. Yeah, I know. That's good. That's good. I didn't want more.
3: Um, well, we fast forward then to where we're at now in terms of like we thought we'd wait to discuss uh, budgetary stuff, the budget 2021 with you guys just to, you know, I want to get an artist's perspective on things a bit more because... I I've, like I was saying to my uh, on Twitter yesterday I just feel like I've been writing about grants and schemes and funds for the entire year and restrictions and all that kind of stuff and I'm gonna get back to writing about music but um I want to hear from you guys about like were you paying attention to the budget thing was it important to you were you um what did you think of it like what basically there was a lot of things announced for the live stimulus package the recording grants which Directly benefits people who, uh, songwriters and uh, recording artists and production uh, engineers, studios, all that kind of stuff. But there's also the live music. I mean, the live music thing is is the thing that we're all missing, right? I mean, you were talking there about the gig we we had to push a year apart, a year away from its original date, Rory, uh, which is going to happen eventually. <laughs> You, you must be really missing that stuff and like how does, does does any of the budgetary stuff budget stuff like make you feel anyway, way positive about it
6: um i haven't had a chance to like sit down with the budget over the last two days fully you know i mean i've, I've just been loosely following the responses online to it i know um our good friend rob farhat was was commenting on it today on on, on twitter as well um you know and it's 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 a good, you know, it's, it, it's a good, it's a sign of good work on the campaign for the arts side of things. I think that's great. Um, but let's just hope that, the, you know, this extra income goes to artists who really need it, you know. I mean, there's always, there's a, I know a few friends of mine down in Cork have commented on it as well. How and it's the age old argument, you know, that um, arts funding goes to the more classical, traditional um, styles of music, whereas the, there's a lot more going on. So uh, it's, it's something I I agree with too. I I think, you know, I I do hope that um, more funding goes to more, I wouldn't say niche artists, you know, there's, this isn't even, even niche artists that we're talking about. These are proper musicians, artists in their own rights. Uh, I just hope that the funding goes and gets distributed evenly.
2: I think it's great. You know, I think that it's uh, stuff like this should have been there all along. And this I hope that this moment and the how popular the stimulus package has been and the fact that it's been extended by a year. So I did I looked out for it yesterday when they announced it, um, is is pretty cool because it, it's sort of like this you see, guys, this is how you stimulate the arts. <laughs> you know, you have to you have to put in the financial investment like any other sector to get the rewards down the line. So you, you don't starve at the beginning and expect a feast at the end you know so I think that if this goes successfully and I know like with these things numbers are required to prove a point but there ha- it has really motivated so many artists to like be really consistent like put in applications make work and things to show for it um, not just tip along from gig to gig slowly piecing things together but like think in a bigger scale and um, on a budget scale which is amazing and um I think we haven't necessarily had the liberty to do that artists who are outside of the traditionally funded areas so this is really cool and I kind of hope it's it remains this way afterwards you know
1: I think in terms of Irish music though we're having this year has just brought up a lot of different kinds of conversations that we've just never had in this country before like the Irish women in harmony thing like the representation of black artists and like just just conversations that are all kind of happening at once and especially things like funding and the amount of stimulation that the arts actually gives the economy and that artists are actually business people and they're self-employed people who need help just like everybody else it's it's interesting that it's just all happening at once um which I think is good in a way because it's kind of like it's the opportunity to just lay all your cards out on the table and say hey this is this is what I'm earning, it's not enough. And with like even before the pandemic, this is what I'm earning, it's not enough. How, how can you help me because you're, you as in the government, you're piggybacking off my art and my industry for tourism and for this sense of Ireland as being full of artists and stuff, so I think it's great. And I think it's been led by people like yourselves and just people in, in the music industry who have kind of said like enough is enough here we need we actually need a bit of a hand you know and we're working we're not this isn't our hobby mm. so true yeah.
3: can we talk a bit about ngla then um the process for that song because that's the most recent one it's a banger yep. thanks thank you absolutely banger. <laughs>
1: I was like like you said earlier, like bopping around your right. kitchen. I was buffing around my bedroom to it earlier. I was having a I was having a great I'm high fiving you yeah, over the, yeah, the Zoom wage. <laughs> <rate. laughs> <laughs> it was it's it's such a banger. Yeah, how how does that work? What's that process like? Who's who yeah. kicks it off? Usually and- Yeah, well the
6: I wrote this when I moved back to Cork. It was like the first month. Did did the name for the initial demo was Bandon Bandon Demo or Bandon Jam or something. Because I was in, in my folks' place in Bandon. Um I wrote a load of stuff in that month or two actually, but that was one of them. Um but it's you know, we we've, we've followed a similar process that we've had for years. You know, I'll I'll jam some ideas, put them together in a little SoundCloud playlist and I'll send them to Sal and um, Sal will go yay or nay pretty quick. Um we'll continue from there, you know. Um I was taken back in this actually one thing we did do is we put together a massive um spotify playlist of um songs and influences that we just dove into you know for ideas um because we do we, we do share this um this love of the neo soul wonky funk style of music you know so um I haven't looked at the spot this playlist in a while actually I must take it out again but we what I used to do is I go into that and look at different tunes different ideas um and just jam along to them and see what happens you know that's that's usually the way i work anyway there's a lot of just let's see you know there's no real premeditation so um yeah we took it from there that was about 2 years ago it was a long time ago and um we just tipped away since i know we like i spent some time in dublin last year driving up and down to be in the studio um with Sal and with Dylan Way's fellow and um, Sam uh, Killeen as well. That's how we pretty much kind of molded the track, you know, this year then we've been, it's, it's been, been more remote working with uh, mastering and mixing engineers and things like that. You know, I suppose that the final stage of the process, you can do that. Um, But definitely the initial stages were it started remote. Then we got into the room and then it ended remote again, funnily enough.
2: My part, um, I either write directly to the track, or but for this one, I actually, um, and the reason we christened them Sad Bangers is because I had a really slow, mournful folk guitar song (laughs) that was called Never Gonna Love Again, and it was really sad. I was like, oh hell no, I'm never going to perform this live. So hang on, wait a minute, did Maurice tell me that? Bang and loop there hang on <laughs> wait a minute <laughs> it's just gonna work it was such a perversion of the original sentiment of both tracks <laughs> but yeah. that's why i love it and um, it's one of those things that you just would never happen if you were working on your own um and then in the process of making the, these last couple of tracks like april Great was last year in summer of love and um, i my sister is a producer as well and and has i've wrote yes she's really really dope producer and um super creative so she I've roped her in over the over the last like two years into um producing my vocals for me because I have really specific things that I want you know there's there's a whole world of like vocal production which is all these little freaky little bits that come in and out and like sampling the harmonies and and weird voices and um so she was like okay fine (laughs) i'll do it <laughs> so she has produced all my vocals and that was kind of like adding in a third pair of ears like added this sort of marinade to it um bitsprink and then bringing in the other producers like um rory mentioned sam and dylan um it's really just about by like, getting them in going what any little sparkles you hear because the song's written but i think it take it elevates it again when you when you just get a couple more heads in the game before it goes to press.
1: And I suppose being being independent, you, you kind of have that opportunity to just be like, oh, I, I think this guy would be good here, or I, I think this girl would be good here, and you just have the opportunity to kind of like send it to other people, whereas if you're like tied into a label or something, it's
6: just like, yeah, yeah, I mean, Bob, Bob Gallagher's in like, there as well, yeah. I mean, and your brother. Oh,
2: yeah, my brother, um, yeah, my brother sings, <laughs> maybe this is all I <laughs> deserves. <laughs> it's so heartbreaking i made him sing about two (laughs) octaves higher than his normal range
1: it's the definition of a sad banger because the the first time i was listening to it i was like yeah yeah." (laughs) and then i was like oh oh hang on (laughs) oh god feelings why why am i crying on the dance floor again (laughs) i have to stop this yeah Yeah.
3: that's your favorite mode andrea (laughs) crying in the (laughs) club Didn't you? Didn't you want to do <laughs> I, one of those club I'm... nights once? like,
1: yeah. I've I've never DJed or done anything in my life, but I just I got this into me one day where I was like, I just want to do a crying in the club night and just invite everybody to just have a really sad time, but together. Um, and
2: turns out you didn't to have to
1: because <laughs> of the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'll do yeah. a live stream. Yeah, cry just with
3: me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the sad <laughs> room when it comes back.
1: The sad room. The sad <laughs> banger room. It's just me reading a book
2: alone.
0: <laughs> uh, come
1: with on in. <laughs> yeah, there's no music. Just come in, have a break, be sad, have a smoke. Oh, <laughs> hilarious. Oh. I like that idea. Yeah, I I'm into I, it. I'll be, I'll be there. <laughs> you, yep. Yeah, you're you're more than welcome to play the the original right. version of the track, <laughs> the the acoustic guitar version. Yeah, yeah we'll have that.
3: Also, should say, the artwork is uh, best artwork of the year. Um, that's absolutely incredible. Um, tell me a bit of background yeah. about the that shot and where, where Yes. Please.
2: The shot. The shot. So, uh, um, you know, I had always so my my friend who designed the, the pink jumpsuit is a really close friend of mine and that's her horse as well so it was kind of like artwork made possible by Sal's friend Violet <laughs> um and uh but we have like been friends for a long time and that I had we've been discussing this concept of like the pink and the white and the pony in Tiernanogue into the west and just and then just me being like really at odds with with this like very Irish thing and I am and it was a whole conversation happening over a long period and um and Elias uh, was a part, a, in some ways part of this conversation so it took us a little while we actually shot it um a few months prior and we did it didn't work so we shot it twice um in a d- different location and there's more to the image and um in the sense that there was more captured that day and that's all I'm going to say with that. There's it tea. reminded me a
1: lot of what, um, of what Solange did in her uh, visual album with the Cowboys. Remember yeah. that like, they all, all like coming in on horses and having yeah. like a stark contrast with like the, I think they were in like some kind of a,
2: like parking lot or something like that yeah. and I was like oh
1: yeah I love it's such a stunning picture it's so cool <laughs>
2: oh listen it was like having shooting it and the, you know aside from a picture there's always like certainly amount of chaos in the vicinity of a picture yeah. but it actually felt very much like being in in that moment was as as the way it feels the way it looks is the way it felt um yeah and it and it certainly was not uninspired by the kind of Texan southern Um, riders you know because I've been thinking a lot about like southern riders there's also like horse riders from Dahomey which is now Benin in Africa and there's there's kind of a really interesting long-standing like culture of African um, horse riding and and Arabian and then because we're we are we have this Irish version of what our relationship with horses and what they mean to us but there's also like an African version and there's the Native American so it's just like Mm. let's go shoot on a horse let's just start the combo, you know, get yeah, everyone
3: on horse. <laughs> like, are you missing gigs as much as, as I am? I can only speak for myself. I like, I am, I think for me, the last, uh, the last six months has been a, a, a an optimistic, I've had this optimism in me about when things are going to come back and when things, and the last month I've had to accept, you know, the optimism that I have is unfounded. And it needs to go away (laughs) to a certain extent. But, you know, there is a uh, there is some sort of uh, positivity in that itself to accepting these things that are happening and not kind of not necessarily going with the flow, but accepting that there's things you cannot do. The things that you keep your mental health well, the going to gigs, putting on events, uh, all that kind of stuff, clubs, all that kind of thing. With those gone, it felt very difficult for me to catch up. And have you guys felt that at all? Have you felt the kind of, like, what has been helping you get through, like, this year?
6: Um, That's a roundabout way of asking. Ooh, well, going back to the live gigs, the last gig I went to was uh, the Mary Walpers in the Kino in Cork. Yeah, socially distanced gig. I had a bit of a moment at that, actually, because, you know, I hadn't been at a gig. That was my first proper gig in solo, all year and um up until then i think i was doing okay and then when i went to see that gig i it just it, it all came back to me you know i just remembered why i love going to gigs um merry whoppers were great and it was just it was lovely to sit down and watch some music live for the first time in so long you know i hadn't done that since january when i was in Clare at the music minds festival that was my last gig yeah up, up, up until then I was okay then I went to, when I went to see the Mary Wallopers it just all came back and I'm just I'm itching to see music now um don't know where don't know when but um in terms of coping and, and things like that over the the year um as I said earlier I I just dive into music um on top of that you know I'm always active and getting out doing I'm always running around the place like Alex and Ian my housemates will give out to me for doing yoga for hours on end and stuff like that so that's all fine but um yeah it it all goes back to music for me you know as for playing gigs you know i i I miss playing gigs but I i just love making music you know working on projects so that's just always keeps me going um always having a project on the go just keeps me keeps my mind occupied you know But I definitely just I just miss I know I just I miss going to gigs so much every every other weekend of the summer, you know, I'll be reminded that, you know, Electric Picnic is on this weekend or another love story is on this weekend. You get you'll have a little moment, you know.
3: Yeah, maybe is it easier now that those the main festival uh, markers are not currently happening that you kind of just go, okay it's a bit easier because like, oh, you're not like, no one's going, oh, should it should have be been a picnic or should it should have be been another love story or should it should have be been this and should it should have be been that. There's less of those markers at the moment because of the time of year. So maybe it's a little bit easier. Mm, good question.
2: You know, yeah, we our lives have been on this interesting loop for a while. Um, so whatever feelings I had initially about gigs and, um, is gone. I, I There's nothing left. I'm empty. So, um, but I will say that I had you know, I got to sing with um, with Lisa Hannigan in the Courage series in April. And even though that wasn't that long into lockdown, but it, we were at level five, um, it was so incredible, the experience. And it sort of reminded me what why we do anything, because I feel anything musical, because I feel like um, I may have, i personally, I'm just speaking for myself, I was probably in a just a pattern of like gigging, going to gigs, working on stuff, and it's all just like whatever. And um, I'd maybe lost a sense of the heightened intensity and experience that a gig is, which is how I would have been when I first started gigging, and they were like pretty much spiritual events <laughs> for me. Whereas, um, the more I did them, the more I started to allow them, the power of them to maybe slip away or the importance of them. So I think this period of like, as they say, absence makes the heart grow fonder. Like I'm. I'm not jumping to just start getting to just get on with it. I feel like I'm, my approach would be very different going back and being really clear with loads of rehearsals that, you know, beforehand what I'm preparing for and what, what, what kind of experience you want people to have.
3: I was doing Ireland music week last week and, uh, James Bourne at the end of it all, cause it was actually a really nice community vibe to the whole thing. Cause you know, while it was in a, you know, a conference kind of, uh, event you know space like a zoom space where but people were chatting and you know saying hello to each other and pretending to get points for each other at gigs and stuff like that in the evening but James was like when music comes back when all of this is over the resilience of live music and the passion is still going to be there so we are going to have a, an amazing year to look forward to do you know what I mean so like there are things to look forward to we do a thing called reasons to be cheerful on the podcast every week because there's a lot, there can be a lot of negativity and we need uh, to counteract that uh, in the spirit of uh, uh, our patron saint, David Byrne. And um, that's the reason we do that. So every week. So um, if I could ask you, put you on the spot before I go, before, before I leave you go um, for one reason to be cheerful right now.
2: So um, I recently, I'm working on an EP right now um, of music set to to the poetry poetry from the 1920s so I've been listening to loads of old 20s blues records and oh my god listen dive in guys it's that's a fantastic treasure treasure trove do you have any in
1: particular that you'd recommend Uh,
2: yeah mommy smith she's like the og blues queen and she's just got one of those brawny brassy voices that is she also a guitarist or yeah. am i confusing her so, with somebody else i think there's I a her, few yeah. i she i don't know whether she played guitar maybe later on but she certainly was like a blues woman yeah and yeah. she has tons of records and it's just like she kind of kick-started the the wider genre in some ways of, at the time because she was one of the first to be recorded so um she's
6: amazing um, and she's making me really yeah i think mine I think. is my my guitar really? at the moment it's- that's a good reason background there just speaking of blues and guitars the, um <laughs> i haven't played guitar in a long time up until lockdown and i've gotten back into it in a big way so that's been keeping me sane as well on top of everything um i've been revisiting like rory gallagher tunes that i used to play when i was a kid in bands and um lately i'm just playing i just figured out sugar daddy by d'angelo so i've just been playing that on guitar it's he it plays that. On, yeah it's, it plays that on piano but, I figured it out in guitar so. but uh, no.
3: listen thank you very much for <laughs> taking the time to uh, chat to us and we'll chat to you soon we we'll look forward to the mixtape both of you thank you, you guys and, so much um, I hope you have a uh, enjoyable rest of 2020 a roaring 2020 yes. <laughs>
1: yeah, if you will
3: yeah.
1: <laughs> same thank you for having us yeah thanks so much guys I appreciate
5: thank. it July Every day belongs to you and I. It was a perfect day. That day, that day, may I turn to you. You say, Baby, you blow me away. This is our summer of love. 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 Summer of, love. Summer of love, of love, of love, of love. Moonlight and dancehall queen. Every night is a perfect dream. We dance when music swells. Everybody high is here. Nothing beats how it feels. Your eyes are my skies. You're the only drug I need. This is our summer love. This is our summer love. This is our summer love. This is our summer love.
3: This is our summer Okay, thanks to Loa and Phantom for taking the time to talk to us this week. We really appreciate it. Um, nice to get them both together. Okay, before we go on to albums of the this album of the week that we're going to discuss, uh, patreon.com forward slash not nine if you want to support us, um thank you so much for everyone in 2020 who has continued to support us and uh, it's huge for us to have your direct financial support. And as we discussed last week, Dre, you have your own newsletter, which is andrecleary.substack.com. I do. And
1: people have signed up. And thank you, guys. There will be um, my second post next week. So keep an eye on the skies or your inbox for that. And if you haven't signed up yet, you can do so for free or you can do so um, for the price of a coffee or a pint. um, And you might get extra nice things if you do that. So just opportunity if you like things that i do and want me to have a bit of money i would like that
3: too <laughs> support your local uh podcast podcast writer people yes yeah so they can continue to uh knit away. and buy wool <laughs> yeah yeah you can support
1: me for the price of like five things of yarn a month
3: <laughs> and i'm i'll make you a hat <laughs> she spins a few and yarns spin herself a yarn you
1: know. or two i've been known
3: Okay, it is time for our album of the week It is from Future Islands It is called As Long As You Are And it is their sixth album They're a Baltimore synth pop band And uh, this is the follow-up to 2017's The Far Field And their breakthrough album, Singles, which came in 2014 Gonna play a track from it first called uh, For Sure And we'll come back and discuss the album This future Ireland's sixth album. It is called "As Long As You Are." Um, background to this band: um, Samuel T. Herring is the singer you've heard there. This band's breakthrough came um, when they appeared on David Letterman in 2014, just before their fourth album, "Singles," um, was released. That's their worldwide breakthrough. They had a long, always had a long history with Ireland. They've been uh, a band that a lot of people have loved here for a long time, mainly because of. Foggy Notions and Leagues O'Toole bringing them here over the years, especially on a time when there was a lot of uh, American indie music, the likes of Deer Hunter, Future Islands, all that kind of stuff, who was coming here very regularly and playing places like Andrews Lane Theatre, and uh, all the way up to the last time I think Future Islands played here. They supported the National in Donnybrook Stadium, and they would play those kind of big stages. They played main stage, electric picnic. Um, definitely, I think Ireland were one of the first uh, countries to really latch on to the kind of uh, thing that they do. And what is it they do? They, do, they make epic, sweeping synth-pop music, um, a mix of euphoric emotion, reaching atmospherics, 80s kind of synth pop um all with samuel t herring's delivery which is at once raspy and uh, melodramatic and crooning and uh kind of all of those things i'll get into that we'll get into that a bit more um this is their sixth album um and If I'm honest, this is exactly the same as all of their other ones recently. I mean, there's no two ways about it. I don't want to, I'm going to say that now because there's no point in, um, you know, pretending it's not. There is nothing here for anyone who doesn't like Future Islands already. Um, If you're looking for a way into Future Islands and you haven't found it yet, this isn't going to be it. Here we are three years after the Firefield and this is essentially a band making the same kind of album that they've made for the last six years. So this is their third album in a row that basically sound the same. Once they streamlined the process and made things a bit more polished and poppy um, and distilled it down into something that uh, really worked, which they did on singles, the album. Um, Well, I think the interesting thing for me is that, you know, it's very rare that you actually, this really happens anymore, where a band essentially makes the same album Mm. over and over again. Um, I mean, I guess from your perspective, I guess
1: Beach House would be a band who kind of does that, but might subtly change things. But yeah, I mean, so jumping off what you were saying about like, if this, if you were trying to get into future islands, this wouldn't be the album. I, I do agree because like, while, you know, I've watched that Letterman performance tons of times and it is properly stunning And I've always kind of wanted to like this band, but I just never really sort of did it. So I I, I listened to singles in preparation for this podcast. And I think that there are some really, really great songs on that album. Um, And I found myself not wanting to leave it and come back to this one. I, and I'm really sorry for Irish fans who, who love this band, but I found this album a little bit of a slog and I found it difficult to get through I think like I find them a very likable group and the style of music that they make is completely within my wheelhouse. So I'm finding it difficult to understand where the disconnect is for me, but I think it's more, it might be actually more to do with their production and the way they're putting their albums together as opposed to the actual music that they're making. Because I think there's not a whole lot of dynamic songs on this album. I kind of feel like no matter what point of the album you're at, the volume is the same. the the kind of the the amount of instruments that are going on at the same time is always the same. There's very few kind of build ups and breakdowns. It is just a kind of a consistent mediocrity that I that I get out of it. Um, Ouch. And I, thi- I think I would
3: say mediocrity is too harsh a word. Yeah, Oof. I mean,
1: it's more so that like I I know I know that there's good songs here but it's let down by the fact that it it just gets lost in the the maybe maybe I mean homogeneity of it where it's just it's a very similar um dynamic range from song to song so much so that you know it's 11 songs long after a while you're you're going to you're going to have an experience where they all start bleeding into each other. And it's quite hard to tell the difference between one and another. And um, e- even points where the tempo changes, it's, it's kind of like, it's just the tempo that's changing on this album and everything else is kind of staying the same. I don't I don't know if you had that experience with it though.
3: Uh, yeah, I would say uh, overall, this is like a fun and enjoyable album, but there's very little of it that would surprise anybody who's familiar with the band. But then even anyone who is not familiar with the band, you're getting the same old uh, template here mm. from start to finish. You're getting that plucked low bass sound that happens a lot uh, in terms of pushing the rhythm on uh drums very much clear and supportive um not much happening in terms of crashes mm. and uh cymbals and stuff like that there's like very echoey guitar sounds that kind of repeat after the uh Samuel T Herring's vocals which are raspy and bleeding heart mm. and all the I do that I do like, think his vocals
1: are great here but his are vocals great. are always he's a great, great. Do he's you great know?
3: well not his great lyrics he's a great singer yes. uh, I don't really know what he's singing about because yeah. it's all very generic in a way that's like like, here's something I wrote in 2014 about um, singles. And he's uh, like, his eccentric vocal delivery, whether he's whispering, skulking, brooding, wailing, growling, crowning, crooning, or delivering a monologue like David Bowie in Labyrinth. It's all the same here as well. Yeah. There's very little difference. And like, here's a singer who can do all of those, but it all is pushing into that same box, same range, same dynamic range, same, same template, same mm-hmm. thing. There's literally nothing... New or exciting about mm-hmm. this, but I have found this very enjoyable at the same okay. time. When it's on, I'm like, "This is really nice," and I enjoy it. And then, but like, I could not remember. There's two songs like, that stood out to me. The one I played there for sure, but maybe because I've heard that a few times before the album came out. And then, uh, "Thrill" uh, is another one because it's a bit slower and a bit more meandering. Mm. Um, but. Essentially, the same synth sounds are on every track yeah. here. Everything is the same. and There's nothing that will, it doesn't ever really break down to a point where you're like, oh, that's really different or that's surprising. Mm-hmm. It's exactly, when when I heard, I can't remember what song they put out first because they all sound the same. But when they put out a song and announced the album, I was like, oh, they're back. It was actually for sure, I think. Um, so it was the first song. I've heard that the most. I was like, here's a band that haven't been around for three years and they just released a song that could sounds like it could have been made six years ago. It's the mm. same thing. <laughs> and there's part of me that if I'm in the mood for it, I will want to listen to that. But I had a great time about a month ago. I was listening to a lot of my vinyl. I have Breach uh singles album on vinyl and I put that on. And I think compared to that uh, and this uh, this album pales because it just doesn't have as many good songs on mm. it. Um, there are... It doesn't have a seasons you know, sing- on it. Well, it doesn't have seasons, but it also doesn't have a spirit. It doesn't have a dream of yeah. you and me. Uh, a song for our grandfathers. None of those are really there. Like singles kicks and it uh, and it hits you harder. Mm. And I will say this is a better album than 2017's Fire, The firefield. Field. I think that was quite poor. Okay, Only one song on that even like chimed with me at all and that was ran and then the other song that even stood out because it was different because had debbie harry on it was shadows um but very little here it is a better album than the last one but it's not a patch on their breakthrough album i think look their band future islands are a band you'll go see live and you'll have a great time mm. and he'll um you know do his gorilla poses and his uh his pump fists mm. and uh uh fist pumps and things like that he'll do all of those things and it'd be great fun yeah um but there's very little depth in these songs i tried to follow the lyrics today for each song and i i lost interest Me too. i honestly lost interest i was like i there's nothing here and it's interesting because we played a song earlier on t- today in this podcast from julia jacqueline who in two lines uh, said more. Uh, for me, than any of this at uh, uh, eleven tracks here on this album. Yeah, it's just very. It's that kind of like. Maybe you're not listening. You're not really listening to Future Islands for for lyricism, probably, but it would really help on this album if there was something that was said that you could latch onto that maybe wasn't just like this mystic kind of melodrama that is seems to be at the heart of everything he's saying, or like I often feel like he's just like walking along a shore and monologuing Mm. to himself or that's kind of how his delivery is and that's how he performs it live um and it can work really well but i just think overall at this point album six i needed something different from future islands yeah
1: i mean i i think that like i i'm happy to go along with you know kind of abstract staring out to the shore um what did you call it mystic lyricism when it's done well i mean i think I think he was probably listening to the Blue Nile while he was making this album, um, but it's like I reckon he he has such a distinctive voice that I think it's it for me it's the music that's let this down. I don't I don't mind the lyrics actually I, do, I don't dislike them maybe as much as you do, but I don't
3: dislike them. I just don't find anything. I'm not going to grasp anything yeah, about and it. And
1: I think that there there are melodic moments on this that work for me, but again it's just that lack of dynamic range throughout it I think it's 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 let down by not putting his voice at the forefront it's kind of like in the mixer everybody is at the same level um when really I I want to hear him and and I want to hear more of his personality in it because on this he's kind of he sounds emotionally quite flat Whereas when you watch live performances, he is this huge personality, like he's this incredibly likable, dynamic performer. And it, that just does not like if, if you didn't know that already, if you hadn't seen them live, I think you just think he was an old crank by listening to this. And I know I know Future Islands fans are going to be really mad and I am sorry, but. I I found very very little to enjoy on this. It wasn't that I disliked it. It was just that I found it very unmemorable and by the time I get maybe 5 or 6 songs into it, I'm I'm so ready to just go and listen to like The War on Drugs or Beach House or bands that are doing this
3: but much much better in my opinion. Um and it's yeah. a shame. Well, you mentioned Beach House earlier, and you said, you know, they've done the same thing, but they haven't. They've, they've often like, you know, they've brought some shoegaze element into some albums. Yeah, but they've I mean, gone those more the, dreamy on other. Yeah, days. those
1: are tweaks, though. They're still kind of remaining within the yeah, same. Yeah, but the template is the yeah. same. But like, whereas you know, with this, it's, it's like the same. In, like it's it's yeah. There's enough copy. contrast
3: in those albums where you're like, oh, this justifies making a different yeah. album. this just feels like you. are Maybe these songs were made six years ago, and they've just done them mm-hmm. again. Or something like that. That's what it kind of feels like. And even you know, the only thing that the buyer really says, other than the fact it was recorded with engineer Steve Wright in Baltimore, is that they officially added their drummer Mike Lowry to the band. Like you could not have told me that the drummer wasn't part of the band before this because I can re- rarely distinguish between this and anything that came yeah. before. it Maybe he was played on it and he just wasn't paid as much. <laughs> I don't know, but like, yeah. um, it just seems quite strange. Um, yeah.
1: This is a band that I really, I want to like because I think he's got bags of personality. He's got a really distinctive voice and he can do very interesting things with his voice. But I I don't think that this album, sir and, and as well, I mean, I feel like these are all songs that, record, that were either written or recorded completely in isolation to each other and then put together without listening through the album because I don't find any cohesion in in how it's formatted in like songs going into the next song. I don't, I don't, I can't find anything to kind of any through line there. They just feel like a collection of songs that are extremely similar to each other in terms of their dynamics and in terms of their production, even in terms of, you know, the, the synth effects that are used on every song. And I think just uh, had they, had they kind of diversified it a little bit, I would have liked it a bit more, but unfortunately, this isn't the album that's gonna get me into them um but i do I do like singles though so i'm i'm glad I'm glad to have come to that album now
3: um well, some you're hearing like you know, the thing about him as well is that like he has rapped before mm. he has had a rap career in in like a kind of a you know solo kind of a, like side project capacity, yeah, but as hemlock ernst and he has the uh, a collection of music with Madlib lib called uh, trouble knows me like he just seems oh, like really a important. completely
1: gas guy like and i just i want yeah, definitely i want more of that i want more personality <laughs> like because he's just seems like yeah. a madman and i love that
0: Great babe, head right. Call me late. Making it moves is a 22. Take twenty two. Plenty blues and whites. Grab a satchel for the night. Side game, ankle duct tape on the cable. Held my pants up, eyes unstable. Now I'm on cable. Okay. Sperry tops never fit me right. Quarter life Christ had me pissing on the floor at night. Fortified wine at the bottom of a quarter pipe. Mad dog foaming at the mouth of some cherry pie. I'm hungry for
3: the 4th of July Fireworks burst in my mind's eye There you go, like, I mean, that's something that he, you do not hear on a feature album Put I'll that happen. on the and album Maybe it's about time they did something like that And, like, you know, did something a bit different Yeah, <laughs> I think so I'd like, that's, 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 that's our feedback for them anyway <laughs> More rapping <laughs> More, maybe, maybe just a bit more imagination yeah. um, beyond the template. Yeah. The template's good; it looks good, it sounds but good. But it's a good starting point, point. It's
1: a good place to jump off from. It's not. It's, it's not a conveyor belt. Like you can't. You can't yeah. treat all your music just because something worked once. You can't expect it to keep working. I think. Um, and yeah, this. And do you know what? Mm?
3: It is unusual in this day and age to find a band who have not evolved in that way. Mm. It is. It does feel like unusual it's been a while since they've had this kind of criticism for an album we've reviewed that it sounds the same as everything else that's gone before i mean like i think
1: yeah if you get into kind of dad rock territory that's definitely true so maybe they're going down that road but i don't know yeah it is it is odd to not have even a little bit of experimentation especially like there's, there's been a lot of artists recently who've brought out like a kind of off the wall record and some of them don't work but i admire that they do it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. This is this is just a bit
5: Pretty of a good.
3: yeah. All right. Okay. Well, that's Future Islands' album is called "As Long As You Are," and this is uh, the one of the slower songs from it, which is called "Thrill." Blue water,
0: black Bible, old river, come quietly just asking a glass of water don't know me don't try me nobody gonna pick me I do wants-
3: Now we've
1: had some breaking news.
3: What what's breaking news?
1: Mercury goes into retrograde today until November third.
3: Tell me exactly what that means.
1: It means everything's gonna go all weird and fucky. And
3: I know everything's been good for the last well, few weeks.
1: That's because Mercury was behaving herself on yeah, November third. So that means, right, on Halloween night, we have a super blue blood moon while Mercury is in retrograde. I think like is it gonna be the purge? Are we just gonna purge? Is everyone purging on Halloween? Can we start that now? Can we start the campaign for the purge? <laughs> like um, yeah, why not? Um, why not? Shou- I mean, shout out to at Griftsky on Twitter uh, for that information. I'm I'm now suitably terrified. Um. So yeah, things should go back to normal the day after my birthday. So that's fun. Um, Great. Yeah. What else have I been doing? Hold on. What what
3: what what, what, what day is your birthday? November what? All
1: Souls Night. All Souls. November second. Yeah.
3: <laughs> no wonder you're such a spooky season. I'm a dad. Scorpio. What
1: can I say? Um. Yeah. What else have I been doing? I do. I watch Zodiac. And it's very good. I haven't seen it in years. Seen Seen it before. Seen it before. <laughs> oh yeah um but i hadn't seen it in a few years and man it just holds up really well it's it's so hard to make a good sort of eerie investigative film where you don't find out who did it at the end and for it to still be really satisfying i i think when when i rewatched it i was i was newly impressed by how satisfying the ending is despite not knowing um and I think all the performances are fantastic. They're really brilliant. Um, so that, that was the you film. You watched it a few years ago mm.
3: and uh, did stand up for it's sure. It's great.
1: I have more Trash TV. If you'd okay. like it.
3: Trash TV Corner with, with Andrea. Trash Keary. TV Corner.
1: So Channel 4 are uh, have produced this uh, program called Married at First Sight. So you might remember I was into, um, I think, were you watching it as well? Love it. What was it called? What was it Love? called? Love at First Sight. Love at First Sight. Yeah. yeah. I can't believe we've forgotten it. That was, oh, oh, that was,
3: that was this oh, year. W- was that this year? I'm pretty sure it was.
1: Jesus. Well, Married at First Sight, yeah, I, think, I was. think, was originally Every- made in um, in Australia. And I think there's been a couple of American seasons as well. But this is the first UK season and Channel 4 are producing it. It's your basic two strangers get married um you know three professional matchmakers put them together or whatever and um the two couples on it like one one of the couples they're, they're sort of getting on like last night was week two of it so they they went in their honeymoon and one of them is kind of getting on but i don't see it lasting it's just a bit they're kind of young as well but this other couple oh dave and shireen oh my god she is just such a wagon she's not having any of it if anyone out there is watching this dm me and i will chat to you about it because she's an absolute wagon like she's so basically he is like a he's like an outdoorsy guy so as as a honeymoon present he made her like an emergency kit you know like a bag with like an epi pen and some plasters and a little thing, uh, a little kind of stick thing that helps you break glass on a car in case you get stuck in a car. It's a bit odd, right? But it's it's quite sweet. He's like, I'm I'm into this stuff. I'm a survivalisty sort of guy. You're you're claiming to be this outdoorsy person. Here's a nice little pack of things you might need while you're in the outdoors, like a compass. She freaks out. She's like, Oh my god. I don't I don't know if we are morally aligned with each other and I I can't work out what she's on about. She's an absolute wagon. Um and I hate her and she's too good for Dave and Dave is very sweet and he looks a bit like David Byrne. Um Yeah, that's that's my trash TV recommendation. I think it's all up on all 4 at the minute. And that's it. Taskmaster is back tomorrow um again on Channel 4.
3: You're enjoying Bake Off presumably. Enjoy Bake Off.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, ever, pe- people good. were complaining this week on Twitter that um, what's her name didn't go home, Lottie, because Paul Hollywood right. fa- fancies her because he's like,
3: right.
1: Did you watch it last night? I yeah. did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched it. Yeah. yeah.
3: Um, I didn't notice any. I didn't notice any glances, but I wasn't looking. For oh, them. you should. Yeah, were they look out for
1: it next week. Paul is just—he's
3: besotted. <laughs> like it's very funny. <laughs> I do enjoy her nonchalant. Uh, chaotic energy that she has um, i really uh, like her yeah i would prefer if she was in it but only on Merit, yeah yeah um yeah she, it definitely seemed like they just kept her in just uh because she was a little bit more interesting yeah than, yeah she's uh, she's really out. she's
1: got a lot of like personality as well like she's quite funny she gets along with Noel really well i think noel is a bit of a crush on her as well but um yeah really enjoying bake off i think that's all i've been
3: doing although i just goggle box usual Racing through The Sopranos still, God, I'll stop talking about The Sopranos someday, but I'm on, uh, about to start uh, episode 11 of season 6, which means there's 10 or 11 episodes left, so we're getting there slowly but surely, slowly but surely, and if you're self-isolating in your room, um, you will probably end up watching more episodes of The Sopranos if you watch. I was doing uh, take, as a precaution over the weekend. I was not seeing anybody, in case, and uh, so watched more Sopranos. Um, um it, Apparently, um, Flaming Lips did one of those shows where everybody was in bubbles. So that happened. Is that li- live footage? Um, yeah, everyone's in a bubble and uh, so like we'll a zorb. It, yeah, like the, what they do with their shows, except for everyone was in it. Oh, it seems to be a music video that they've done. So yeah, that's happening. And uh, Spinal Tap are um, getting back together to play for the Pennsylvania Democrats, which is just weird. Um, Do we need, that? Um, no, we Do don't we need, need that? No, we don't need it. No, we don't need that. I, when I watched uh, Spinal Tap recently, I, as much as I enjoyed it, I was like, it's pretty dated. Mm. <laughs> it's really good. But it's like we don't need like, who is that going to connect mm. to? Anyway, mm. that's it. Uh, what else have I been doing? Nothing really. I'm, I'm the same old, same yeah. old, to be honest. That's fine. Not much going on with me. Um. uh Yeah. No. Like everything I've been listening or doing or, uh, watching is the same as everything in the last. Few same weeks. as it ever was. Look, it's bound um, to happen I at some stage. Watched. Yeah, I'm okay with. Much,
1: it. much like Future it. Islands, we've slipped into monotony.
3: Oh snap! snap. On that cutting note, <laughs> on that bombshell, um, it's we me will dropping leave my mic for for this week's podcast, um. Hopefully we'll be back next week, COVID-free as ever. (laughs) Cool. Okay. Andrea, thank you very much. Thank you, Niall. Thank you, listeners. Maybe we'll finish with a bit of uh, Loa and Bantam on their new song, NGLA. Bye. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Bye.
5: your name